politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here at CR Podcast, Blaze Media, where we skate to where the puck is going, not to where it has already been, where we are ahead of the curve, where we discuss the issues that matter, when they matter, why they matter in the way they matter, and what we can do to rectify it. Not one of these backbencher hosts that discover an issue, a person in politics, months after it mattered, and then they serve as useful idiots, which really describes most of the conservative movement. Um, Most of you by now realize I am away this week with some of our audience, those that were fortunate enough to heed my call to come out here to Front Sight Nevada with constitutioncoach.com, Um, This is truly Liberty's playground. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous here in Pahrump, Nevada. Um, We are organizing together. We're finding state team leaders. And the training is top-notch. The best defensive handgun training you'll ever have. Even if you think you're good with target practice, remember, a defensive situation is not target practice. There's muscle memory and certain... maneuvers, protocols you need in place to really win a gunfight. So um, there's a two-day course, the four-day course. Uh, A lot of you are taking the four-day course, which which is the smart thing. So again, you can find out more at constitutioncoach.com. Hopefully Rick Green, the head of this program, could join me later today to discuss what's going on. Um, I will be out for Wednesday. There won't be a show. I'll be flying back. So that's just some house-calling uh, or housekeeping events this week. But folks, you don't know what you're missing by not coming out here. There is another event May 30th as well as June 6th at constitutioncoach.com. You could find out to see the details. Everyone who has come here um, thought it was better than the way I pitched it, and they've brought family, friends. Some have come back again. Really great meeting some of you guys Um, And looking forward to meeting some more of you again. Now, when I talk about being ahead of the curve, when it matters, it's so cute watching all these guys 14 months into demonstrably false science, evil morality, complete illegal actions taken by these mayors and governors. Finally, some of these leaders in the so-called conservative movement are like, yeah, there's no science behind wearing a mask outdoors, or maybe some of them are going on, you know, the kids wearing it, and it's like, well, yeah, we kind of needed that a year ago. By now, it's incontrovertibly clear that a mask never works. None of this stuff works. There's almost an inverse relationship between the states that had the strongest mask mandates especially the last month or so, versus the ones that didn't. You know, Oregon has actually the quickest growing caseload. And the reason is because they didn't get much until now. They're getting it now. Oh, it works so well because they had a mask mandate. Okay, so why is it not working now? They're wearing masks outdoors while playing sports. And you guys know this already. The only thing that matters is herd immunity. How much immunity you have built up, that's going to determine 
how many future cases you have. If you've had few until now, well, you're going to have a lot. The vaccines, it's unclear how much they help. Natural, natural immunity does help. Well, Daniel, I don't want to be a, I don't want to get natural immunity because I'm scared of getting it. Well, we actually have 14 months of research on fortifying yourself with vitamin D, vitamin C, magnesium, um, zinc, obviously, quercetin. And then as soon as you think you're at risk of getting it, been exposed to it, take ivermectin. But that, they are criminalizing it. These are actions of demonic, evil people. We need a revolution. The question is, what's the next best thing? Because we're not equipped to do that. And that's what I spoke about briefly here at the Monday night event at Front Sight. I spoke about our Constitution Action Network, our Liberty Strike Force teams. But the key is for us to have a strong enough force on the ground in the red states to make the culture, the economy, the society, and the body politic as emphatically for our views as the other side fights for theirs. You take a look at the Michigan governor. She literally had mass mandates in place for a year, strictly. And cases suddenly spike because they didn't reach herd immunity. And you know what? They've already gone down. They already peaked three weeks ago. And she announces, we're lowering the mass mandate from five to two. Any thinking person would say, implicit in what you're saying, is that the entirety of this spike is due to the two, three, and four-year-olds. It's mentally ill. Nobody believes that. How could you do that to children and get away with it? But they don't debate, call down experts, hold hearings. They just do. They just do. And by doing that, they have moved that Overton window. Think about it. Turn the clock back 14, 15 months ago. Could you have ever imagined that we'd have to fight for what parts of our life are able to be free, including breathing, under what circumstances, who, where, when there's a virus going around, that this is the way you handle a virus. But yet, in all 50 states, this is the new baseline. In a handful of states, we chipped away a little bit at powers that are immoral, illegal, illogical, disproven scientifically, but not completely. We are not as free as we were 15 months ago, and we weren't very free then. This is where we're at now. Yet, I see this, um, someone sent me this tweet. And look, I like Ben Shapiro, but he tweeted out in a Daily Wire article, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb signs legislation deeming churches essential. And he tweets out, this is a big win. Folks, this is the malpractice of people that have larger megaphones than I do and aren't with us to pressure these governors on the 99% of the issue that they screwed us with. Eric Holcomb is one of the worst Republican governors. Yet, yet here we are, and he's praising him. Meanwhile, he blocked their ability to stop anything else he wants to do in the legislature. And he said, okay, I'll give you churches. And mind you, it wasn't his bill. He was willing to sign it given the politics of it. And they write an article like almost praising him. This is what happens all the time. These people don't understand who these rhinos are and their outlets commit political malpractice by praising them. 
but this is what we're happy with. Just don't close the churches. What? The entire concept of lockdowns, isolation, quarantining the healthy, masking has been disproven. The one lesson we learned from this is you have to have a healthy, intact society, whole health, diet, vitamins, studying cheap, repurposed drugs. That is the lesson from this. Nothing more, nothing less. Yet that that's the one thing that's criminalized. But here we are with the A-lists, the people that have the big audiences. I mean, could you imagine if these big hitters would be on top of these governors when they screw us? So finally, after screwing us on everything this entire session in Indiana, Holcomb, he's literally a Democrat. He's such a leftist that the teachers union, for the first time ever, didn't endorse the Democrat. They stayed out of it because they already had their Democrat in him. Now he's getting praised. So this is where we are. We don't have leadership when it matters. Like, you know, you know, Shapiro and some of these other guys are like, this is crazy. We're vaccinated. There's no science behind doing this after we're vaccinated. Well, buddy, there's no science doing this before you're vaccinated. And by the way, there's some problems with that vaccine. But once you allowed the scorpion to hitch a ride on the frog across the river, well, it's going to sting you and you're going to drown. Yeah, I think we should rape all two-year-olds with masks. Well, what do you mean we're vaccinated now? Well, gee, once you allow them to do it then, the truth be told, there is just as much logic in masking after the vaccine as there was before. Zero. So not much has changed. So they're continuing their modus operandi. That's just how it is. So folks, one of the things I pride myself is on actually being up on the issues and the people. So I apologize this week. I'm going to be a little bit off timing. Um, you know, I'm out on the range all day here with Patriots just like getting our vitamin D, shooting out in the desert. It's so much fun. So I'm obviously not up on everything going on. You know, some of the big stuff I'm seeing. So I just apologize if I'm going to miss some some important things as always. So there's a lot of little stuff I want to get into with COVID. But first, folks, a word from our sponsor today, We The People Holsters. Everyone's looking at my cool holsters here. Um, you can get one yourself. If you come out to Front Sight, you will see that having a secure holster is the key to everything. It's the key to having the right position of your firearm Um, having it in a way that you could drive down on that five-point draw and get it out securely and snugly, you know, where it's secure enough, but it, it, it comes out without a hitch and get it right on target. This is what you need in a defensive situation. So We The People Holsters has holsters starting just at 40 bucks a pop. Um, they have thousands of options, right-handed, left-handed, inside the waist, outside the waist for most, uh, firearms out there. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Check out their printed hoodies, long sleeve shirts, their new EDC tactical gun belts. Gun belts are just as important as holsters. Every holster and gun comes with a life, a gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not perfect fit, you could send it right back, full refund. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Then put an offer code CR for an additional $10 off. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR for the best American made holster. Now, folks, one interesting thing I saw today before we get to some of the main course. In Brazil, 
everyone was talking about Brazil is crazy. Everyone's panicking over India now. Well, the panic before was over Brazil. They're over the hill. Cases are down 30%. Folks, there's nothing unique happening. Every place is a hotspot at some point until they get herd immunity. That's the reality. The vaccine is not really changing the arc of that trajectory. Remember, Israel got it a tremendous amount. A lot of that's natural immunity. Again, I do believe that there, it's not like the vaccine is zero effective short term, but it's not 95% effective, and then we're not even getting into the risks and the side effects. But Brazil is a massive country. India is one, what is it, like 15% and 20% of the entire world lives there. So it's like, hey, why is India still bad? Because a good part of the country, like even America, you have to divide it by locality, not even state. So you can imagine a place like India, some places had it more, some didn't. Some have you know, inherent immunity there, but some don't. So when you have a, million and a, half, a billion and a half people, there's a lot of cases to be had. And until they reach the herd immunity, they're going to get it. The question is, is everyone going to follow that one province there and use prophylactics, use ivermectin? And, you know, unfortunately, the, in, the general India government has bought into this panic from the WHO against ivermectin. But this is where we are now. Mass mandates on two-year-olds. I mean, they already have it in most states, but Michigan lowered it. How do we allow that to happen? How do we allow that to happen? I don't know. I just don't know. Now, folks, how demonic is this entire COVID fascism? You know, all these people are saying, well, Daniel, I think private companies should be allowed to mandate things on us. There is one big circuitous cycle of government control working with the medical establishment, working with big tech to lie to us, to censor us, and to control our bodies. This is utterly insane. So basically every article of mine the past year has been censored. So lockdowns, masks, no-fly zone, and then more recently, if you have anything on, um, what do you call it, uh, vaccines, or even just pushing vitamin D or things like that, you are totally, totally censored. Okay, it's utterly crazy. So now we know exactly why we're being censored. You see, the very people that are making the vaccines and marketing them are now censoring information about the vaccine. So again, I've been censored pretty much everything I've been put, putting out by factcheck.org. Facebook uses it all the time. Factcheck.org is funded through a grant from an organization run by Obama's former CDC director, and whose assets, assets contain J&J stock. Talk about the fox guarding the hen house. When they say independent fact checkers, that's what they mean. This is what the left does. They project upon themselves the opposite of what they're doing and then project upon us the opposite of what we're doing. So basically, they have this thing called Side Checks COVID-19 Vaccination Project. They write on their website, it was made possible by a grant from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Okay? The next sentence reads, the views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of the foundation. 
but they almost assuredly do. Okay, they say that their goal is to increase exposure to accurate information about COVID-19 and vaccines while decreasing the impact of misinformation. Now, have you ever seen them flag the other side? I mean, stuff that's blatantly false about outdoor transmission and children, crazy stuff. Nope, nothing. Now you know why. Now you know why. Facebook is the largest promoter of this program from factcheck.org. And Facebook blatantly said they're going to be boosting their algorithms to promote the vaccine. Well, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation happens to get 15% of its assets through J&J stock. You look at their financial reporting, their financial statements, like close to $2 million, which is about 15%. Thomas Massey sent this to me because he was censored by them and they were saying oh he's saying wrong stuff oh and by the way so the ceo is richard besser he was obama's acting cdc director he was abc news's former chief health and medical director that is the system the media working with big tech working with government to go and work with big pharma in this circuitous web of corrupt influence misinformation and really cowardly censorship Now, folks, if you remember, the omnibus bill that Trump signed, by the way, contained over a billion dollars for marketing the vaccine. Well, that's what it means. So taxpayers are being forced to fund the rope to hang themselves with. Now, if I told you, you know, we're going to have, you know, what's the biggest threat to the vaccines? What is the biggest threat of all truth bombs you could toss out. What is the biggest threat? What do you think it is? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It is the fact that people with prior infection have at least as good immunity, as strong of, a, of, a, of an immunity to future infection than people who are vaccinated. The reason why that fact is so devastating to their side is that you know, they're coming to market after, you know, at least a third of the people in any given area were already infected. So that is a massive market share you're losing right on that one fact. So that's why they have to put out a blockade on that. If you remember, Massey was the one who exposed CDC for lying about Pfizer's own data on their trial when CDC said vaccines have been proven to work for those who, who have already been infected, and it's not true. Their data did not show that. It did not show that it advanced immunity more. And they said they corrected it, but they didn't really correct it. So factcheck.org just put out a whole thing on that. Now you know where it comes from. By the way, just a note on that point, the Israelis did a massive study on prior infection. Um... They studied 6.4 million people, okay, that naturally acquired COVID-19. And now you would think the Israelis would have every um, incentive to boost the vaccines. I mean, they're obsessed with the vaccines, so they would censor this information. But this culture of censorship is stronger in America than anywhere else that, that I've seen. And they show, where is this, that... Vaccination was highly effective. Their efficacy was 92.8% 
against reinfection. 92.8, but prior infection was 94.8% effective. What about severe illness? The vaccine worked, was 94.4, natural infection 96.4, so about 2% higher. And they conclude our results question the need to vaccinate previously infected individuals. Okay? That's a pretty big deal coming from the Israelis. Okay, this is not, you can't accuse this of being anti-vax. It was people from the Israel Institute of Technology, Hebrew University of Jerusalem, the Gertner Institute for Epidemiology and Health Policy Research, and Tel Aviv University. Okay, so it's all Israeli researchers. Um, Very interesting, okay? So this is probably one of the biggest lies that they put out. But this is where we are now. So the next time you hear someone say, well, you know, private companies could go and mandate vaccines. There's nothing private. Taxpayers paid a billion dollars for government to work with the media, big tech, fake fact check organizations, all funded by us, but also by the vaccine industry to lie about previous immunity, to, to, to lie about the inverse effects. What are we up to? 3,500, 3,600 deaths reported, 80,000 adverse incidents, according to CDC's uh, surveillance system, and just a tiny percentage are actually reported to them. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. You're not allowed to say anything. And again, these are the same people censoring information on early treatment profiles. It it, this is hilarious. I, I, again, I mean, I'm just seeing little tidbits because I'm out in the range most of the day. But Pfizer CEO said they're coming out by the end of the year with a drug. So not just a vaccine, but a drug to treat, treat it. Gee, how much do you want to bet that that drug isn't going to cost a trillion dollars and it will only be administered in a hospital? Because remember, um, it's not just the, what do you call it? It's not, it's not just the big pharma cronyism here. It's also, more insidiously, the hospitals. See, what happens if you keep people out of the hospital? You have the proper education on vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and then you take ivermectin and hydroxy for people that are maybe feel very vulnerable prophylactically for everyone else, maybe as soon as you think you got the virus or maybe are exposed to it, well, then people don't come to the hospitals. Now, you'd be like, well, Daniel, that was the whole point. Well, that's what we were told. <laughs> but they actually want people to come there. They would lose billions of dollars. So they get to share the wealth. This is what happened with remdesivir. Remdesivir is garbage. It doesn't work. And it certainly doesn't work at the stage they give it in. The stage they give it in is in the hospital. You have to be in the hospital. So the hospital gets their share of reimbursement. Gilead gets theirs. Follow the money. It has never been clearer. Truly disgusting. But anyway, I mentioned this before, that a St. Louis County chiropractor, Dr. Eric Niputi, he is the first person in America is now charged under this new law to protect Americans from fraudulent claims about COVID-19. So basically, stuffed into the omnibus bill passed in December, signed by Trump, was a bill criminalizing anyone who markets fake cures. Now I'll be like, okay, so, and it wasn't just cures, but it was like other stuff too. 
Like, basically, you know, masks should be covered under that, but it's not. Gilead should be hit up on remdesivir, but it empowers the Federal Trade Commission to go after people. And basically, he had a product that had a mix of vitamin D and zinc, and um, they, they are charging him. With this case, the commission has quickly put to use its new authority to stop false marketing claims related to the pandemic, acting chairwoman Rebecca Kelly Slaughter said. I'm glad her name is Slaughter because that's what she's going to do to people. In the video, this guy had put, put out a video who recommends a drink, people to drink tonic water and take zinc as a preventative measure. Have about three to four ounces a day of the Schweppes tonic water. Take at least 50 to 100 milligrams of zinc, which is what everyone says. And now he is being charged. Um, the FTC said among Naputi's and QuickWorks bogus claims were that COVID-19 patients who get enough vitamin D are 52% less likely to die than those who um, who don't get enough vitamin D. So you're now criminally charged for citing studies. This is sick. Utterly sick. This is evil. This is worse than Al-Qaeda. This is why we need to change our game the tactics we use, our goals. We are fighting a degree of evil that none of us could have ever imagined. None of us. It is truly crazy. Vitamin D, you don't even, I don't even need to tell you about anymore. It's obvious. Vitamin D was almost created for this virus. Literally, nobody above like 35 dies from this. 35, whatever, you know, the count of vitamin D in their blood dies from this virus. Zinc, zinc is obvious. Anyone with a rudimentary knowledge of immunology understands that people who suffer from cold-like viruses, <laughs> zinc is one of those critical elements in fortifying your immune system. It produces the right cytokines. It develops B cells. All those things that play such a crucial role in killing RNA-type viruses. And um, it literally blocks the virus from accessing what's called the RDRP enzyme that, that's needed for viral rep, replication to get into the cells. An estimated 2 billion people in the world are zinc deficient, particularly, of course, the elderly. That's why they are more likely to have issues. A recent study published in Science Direct by Heller, Sun, et al., they found that zinc deficiency among patients admitted to the hospital seemed to provide the most valuable information about disease course and prognosis, meaning you look at their zinc levels, you can see where they're headed. They found in their sample that 73.5% of patients who ultimately died from the virus had zinc levels below 638 UGs. This is where we are. This is where we are. But people are still terrified of the virus because they don't have this information. This is the criminality of what our government's doing but they are criminalizing zinc and vitamin D while promoting and mandating an experimental RNA, mRNA that has already proven to have sufficient amount of problems that any sane person agrees at least outweighs younger, healthier people getting it. And folks, this is the lesson of the, le of the left. They don't debate. They don't question. They don't have hearings. They just do. In the red states, in the red states, all of the places of employment are mandating it. They don't follow the law. We had an article up at the Blaze. Arkansas mother of five fired for not getting the vaccine. No, this is Arkansas. Arkansas woman says she was fired from her job after not receiving one of the coronavirus vaccines uh, awarded 
emergency approval from the FDA. Samantha Wise, she told KARK she was fired at Harvest Cannabis Dispensary. Oh, whatever that is. Um, when her supervisors became aware that she was not going to receive the vaccine. Um, and this is it. This is it. I just, I just don't, I don't get it. It makes no sense. And, and then the lawyer said, in Arkansas, your employer can fire you for not taking the vaccine unless there's an issue with a medical issue or religious belief, and presumably she didn't show that. Now, you guys are smart. What element is missing from that information? Yeah, I think you guys realize it. This is not like every other vaccine because it's only approved through experimental use, and it just doesn't matter. They're doing it. So anyone who thinks, oh, the masks are off in the red states. No, they're not. Not for the most part. Oh, we defeated the vaccine passport. Well, maybe there's no passport, but they are requiring you to get it and show documentation that you got it in some form. This is the thing. And then the legislatures are getting at a, at a session soon. We got to fight back. And in the coming days, we're going to discuss how to develop this thought process a little bit more deeply. So... There's a lot more I want to cover. You know, it's kind of frustrating when, you know, you barely have internet connection and you're trying to look at the news and like, oh my gosh, I really want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. Um, there's so many important stories. Ian Miller put together data on um, the top seven, seven states in population adjusted hospitalizations, meaning the ones that have the highest, you know, per capita hospitalizations of COVID. They're all mass mandate states. Michigan, D.C., Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, and Delaware. Now, Michigan is still hard to understand what's going on there, why they're with the mid-Atlantic. But think about this, folks. The top seven right now, so there are severe mass states. That's number one. But number two, Delaware, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and D.C. Do you know what we call that here? For those of you not part of this country, uh, not not from this part of the country, the mid-Atlantic, perfectly, everyone, contiguously. I mean, it is so perfectly seasonal. When this area is hot, this area is cold. When this area is, you know, it's on here, it's off there. It, th this is just so blatant. It's all natural. None of this stuff works. It only harms. The one thing that does work, they criminalize us. And they criminalize us for not getting this experimental stuff, 30 colleges won't allow people back unless they're vaccinated, including state-run schools. Now, maybe there's a blessing in disguise there. Maybe this is our time to evacuate colleges, to um, evacuate from them and start our own. That is definitely something we need to consider. Now, I just want to get to a couple of other COVID-related items uh, before I got to call it quits today, I'm literally bobbing and weaving in different ranges, meeting with folks of from this audience who came through constitutioncoach.com. We we're actually, actually just clearing type three malfunctions. Lots of fun. Again, so many first timers um, that are now pros at clearing type three malfunctions, taking headshots. This is really, really, um, really fun. I can't advise you enough to make this a vacation. Your next vacation, uh, May 30th or June 6th, are the final events before the summer, before the, the fall. Um, so make sure you go again to constitutioncoach.com, today's sponsor. Now, guys, I just did want to mention here, very important, 
I'm seeing now, again, we're kind of middle of Tuesday, recording in different pieces here because of my schedule. The CDC is now coming out with saying, if you're already vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in small groups outdoors. Okay? This is the game they're playing. Because the truth is, if you look at most conservative colleagues of mine, they're not that far off of that. They're saying if you're already vaccinated, you shouldn't have to wear a mask anywhere. Now, if you already had the virus, no, they're not saying that. If you didn't already have the virus, they're not saying that. Look at how we've moved the Overton window over that even the conservatives are like, if you're vaccinated, you're allowed to breathe. So you know what? The left splits the difference and says, okay, if you're vaccinated, you're allowed to breathe outdoors in small groups. Again, this is the movement we need to create that we don't have. Again, I'm seeing all these guys on Twitter. There's no science behind the vaccinated people wearing a mask. Well, first of all, there's no science behind previously infected people wearing a mask if masks worked. But given that they don't, there's no science behind it for anyone. A lot of you by now have probably already seen this. This came out as I was traveling on Sunday, I think, um, or maybe even last week. I can't even remember. But this is from the Hill.com. I'm, I'm just reading one news article, but you know the, the study is in the link there. MIT researchers, re- researchers say that the risk of contracting COVID indoors is the same at six feet as 60 feet. Now, those of you who have listened to this show for the last 14 months and are experts that we've had on have been saying this forever. Once you understand that this is aerosols, not the big guys, not the spit and the droplets that you could see, the microbiology that's 0.1 microns, okay? Um, one one thirtieth of the size of the holes in surgical masks, much less the larger space around the edges that aren't clamped. So two things are true. The six feet rule is a fallacy and mask wearing is a fallacy. Okay, so they're now admitting that the six feet rule is a fallacy. The, po- the study published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America earlier this month argues that there isn't much benefit to distancing six feet. Ideas about coronavirus transmission have changed since the beginning of the pandemic. At the start of the global outbreak, scientists and medical professionals believed that hand-washing after touching the surfaces was the leading cause of transmission. Experts now say the virus is transmitted through droplets, but they get it wrong. Because if you read their thing, they actually say it's aerosols. Okay? Here's the deal. Could you spit 60 feet? No. If you spit three, four one, two feet. Does it remain suspended in the air? Anyone who understands first grade physics knows that they're too heavy to remain suspended for any period of time. They drop immediately. It's the microbiology that suspends and floats indoors without proper ventilation. Outdoors, it you know gets blown away. But indoors, guess what? It's going to remain suspended. And Stephen Petty made a chart of this I, pu- I published in one of my articles but when you're talking about the smaller particulates, they could remain suspended for days, which explains what we're seeing with our eyes. That once, when you have a seasonal geographical spread, it's meant to spread in that place at that time, guess what? Guess what? It spreads like crazy, right? There's nothing you can do to stop it. Now, if it were droplets, how many times do you spit into someone's mouth? It's That's a pretty rare occurrence. Always, certainly now that people are, you know, always farther apart from each other. No one's getting in each other's faces. 
You're not going to be spitting in anyone's face. So it's the aerosols. So they say, what our analysis continues to show is that many spaces that have been shut down, in fact, don't need to be. They have a model to calculate exposure risk indoors based on the amount of time, air filtration, immunization, variance, yada, yada. So they lied to us about six feet. But what's interesting is the same article was like, okay, so if you're wearing a mask, it has this much efficacy. So they calibrate that into their mathematical model. But they start with the premise that masks work, even though the premise of their study is aerosols. Once there's aerosols, the same reason the six feet doesn't work, the masks don't work because they don't filter the stuff that travels six feet, 60 feet, and all the stuff that remains suspended that you're going to get and breathe in. You're not going to breathe in what's fell to the floor. But this is the religion. See, six feet is not like apparent. It's not a symbol. You don't wear six feet. So over time, you know, we got to go back to normal. They can't have lack of capacity forever. It's like, yeah, there's no real science to six feet. I knew they would do this. But the masks, that will never, ever, ever change. It's a religion. And this is the big mistake that we give in to this stuff. We give in to this garbage. We think, oh, if we just give them a little bit, they'll stop there. Okay, we have to wear a mask if we're not vaccinated. Well, what do you mean? No, we don't. Anyway, I just wanted to, I went a little bit over time with that. Just wanted to sew up one thing here before I go on the two-tiered justice system that we have. If your relative dies of COVID, you may be able to get reimbursed up to 9000 for funeral expenses. Okay? FEMA is starting to distribute this money. So think think about what a religion we've made out of this. So now they're going to fund funeral homes. Okay, if you die of homicide, you don't get your funeral paid for unless you're George Floyd. But if you die of COVID, like now, how about we don't die of COVID and you stop censoring information on early treatment? It's just sick. Then there's another story. After this from Alpha News and... <clears throat> Our friends in Minnesota, after former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd, a letter from Governor Tim Waltz's office was posted in the state office buildings explaining that employees need to deal with the new security measures so protesters can have space to demonstrate. So they're having more security around the Capitol, but they're making sure that they could demonstrate. So the very people that burned down hundreds of buildings in Minneapolis that have already been proven to do that, they need their First Amendment rights. Compare that to what's going on with the January 6th protesters. Think about that. Think about that. There's a man named John Wesley Wade. He was arrested for setting fires at the Wen- setting the fire at the Wendy's in Atlanta, if you remember that. He was freed on bail with electronic monitoring. While on bail, he's accused of, guess what? It's funny, they always do the same thing. Setting a fire at a USPS mail bin and vandalizing cop cars. So he did get denied bail after that. But you see, like, initially he got bail. Yet, here we have, oh, is another one. Gabrielle Agard Berryhill was arrested for throwing explosives at a federal courthouse. Okay, no one threw explosives at the Capitol. But, you know, the courthouse in Portland, he was free on bail, has made multiple bail violations, leading him leading to him being declared a fugitive to the U.S. Marshals at one point. He's free on bail. This is where we are. They have a new moral code, and that is whatever floats their boat. They do. We need our moral code, and in the places we have control, we need a movement to just do. Don't debate, don't talk. You have to fight fire with fire. It's that simple. I wish I could have recorded my lecture 
Monday night here at Front Sight, but the truth is I told them not to record it because I said some pretty edgy stuff that would probably get me in trouble. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And by the way, one other news story here. Do you know, remember that guy, um, the Asian, one of the Asian victims who was stomped, just totally stomped? He's in, I think he's in critical condition. And I'm forgetting his name again. My computer is kind of funny here. So I don't have it in front of me. But it was one of numerous attacks all over the place. This happened in Harlem. And where is it? Yo Pen Ma, 61 year old, he was the victim. They finally caught the guy. NYPD arrested Jared Powell. Folks, you guessed it. You guessed it. Powell had at least 15 prior arrests dating back to 1988, okay? 1988. Is it too much to ask that we have a three strikes and you're out law for violent criminals? Is that too much to ask? Yep, this is where we are. This is where we are. Nobody is standing up for victims of crime. This is going to be one of our big agenda items, to have some sort of three strikes and you're at law. Because this is the thing. They're all like, it's low-level marijuana. It's nonviolent. First time. Low-level. Who cares? Okay. Let's call their bluff. Let's have a bill that if you have three convictions, then you have to be careful there with a mix of arrests and convictions. Okay? And um, basically, basically, we need to make sure that repeat violent offenders are locked up significantly. And if they're caught violating their parole, they get a more severe violation. Think about that. If you told people you violate your parole, you're going to get even more time than you had before. Okay, you have two violent, you, you, you beat someone up, and then you had armed robbery. You do a third one of those things, you're in jail for life. Don't tell me that wouldn't have a deterrent. Yes, it would. The reason they're not, I mean, sometimes you hear the statements of these guys. They say, I ain't scared of you. You know, nothing happens to me. This is the foresight we need. Like they say here where I'm at now, focus on the front sight. We need to focus on our front sight. Where are we aiming at? Where do we want to go? Point and shoot. Figuratively, obviously, I'm talking about politically. We need a movement. Again, join conaction.network. I got to run. Got to go back to the range. But folks, you don't know what you're missing here. Go to constitutioncoach.com to sign up for our May 30th course to meet myself, the audience, and have the best gun training you will ever get. I will likely not have a Wednesday show because that's my travel back day. See you again Thursday, folks. God bless you all, and thank you for listening. (laughs) 